is Drazy. And this is Sheila, and we are as Five Fat Chicks. And this should have been our first, like, comeback episode, but the internet ate this episode. Actually, it was my poor choice of software to record the episode. It was a file format that just was not jiving with the rest of our software. So totally my bad, which is why the food show was the first comeback episode. But this mm-hmm. was the real one. Yes. And we've been sitting here for months saying we should record, just... Didn't have the inspiration, didn't have the time to get around to it. All winter, we should record. We really need to record. We miss it. We should get back to it. And then we ordered a pizza. And the pizza is what inspired our comeback. Yes. The pizza came from Pompeii Pizza, which apparently has been in Oshawa for over 20 years. Since since 1975. They've been downtown since about 84. So they've been downtown since I was able to see Back to the Future. Yes. <laughs> and they've been around longer than I've been alive. And Sheila had never heard of this place. Nope. Not heard a peep about it. Didn't know anybody who had been there. I'd asked around at work. Nobody had ever been there. Nobody knew anything. Nope. And we were going down to a Wasted Space, the coffee shop that's down on uh, Salina, which is really, really cool. And we kept seeing this place, Pompeii Pizza, and we didn't really ever know if it was open or not, or if it was closed, or if it had been open, but now it was closed. And it's still there, it's still open, and it is a killer little Italian pizzeria. Now, it's American-Italian style, Mm -hmm. so if you're looking for, like, some crazy awesome Napoli-style pizza, not the place to go to. There is a place in Toronto where you can get that amazing pizza, we'll talk about it in another day, Mm because it is fantastic. That's another episode. Another episode, but this is, like, you know, American pizzeria-style pizza. Yes. Um, They do, it's a super awesome thin-crust pizza with just the right amount of cheese, just the right amount of toppings. And really great mozzarella. Oh, That's yeah. the one thing that we both noticed. They're not using the low-fat mozzarella. They're using the 1980s, you bite into it, and you've got strings for days cheese. Yeah, it's like a Pizza Hut commercial when you eat mm-hmm. it. It's It reminds me of, this is going to sound really weird, but arcade pizza. Mm-hmm. Back when I was a kid, um, one of the high points of my like three- to like six-year-old life was whenever we'd go to the mall with my parents, there was always that chance we were going to go to the one pizzeria at the mall. It's called Pizza Boy. <laughs> and Pizza Boy is right across the mall um, hall from the arcade that I was never allowed to go into as a kid because there were always, like, the bad element hanging around. So Mom and Dad said, no, you can't go there. But you could smell Pizza Boy coming down the hallway. It would, like, kind of, like, beckon you down the hall, like, come on, come check out our pizza. And it had amazing cheese and it had great crust, and it was always a treat when we got to go there when we went to the mall. didn't happen every time, but just often enough that I always had that eternal hope. That it was going to happen again. Yeah, like a dog. When you give a dog a treat once, they're like, it could happen again. That's what I was like with this pizza. <laughs> and this pizzeria reminded me of Pizza Boy. It just brought back all of those memories. I wanted to sit down and play Pac-Man on a cabinet. Yeah. So bad after eating it. To me, it tasted like childhood, too, because back in the 80s, before they all switched to the low-fat mozzarella pizza, uh, or low-fat mozzarella, that's the kind of cheese that you expected to get on a pizza, where it had the strings for days, you know? The Pizza Pizza used to be like that, Square Boys used to be like that, all the places used to be like that before they switched over to the low-fat mozzarella. The low-fat stuff, which just isn't the same. But it... Just the toppings were the right ratio, where there were some toppings, but it wasn't overwhelmed with toppings. Some places try to make up for their lackluster crust by putting just lots of crap on the top. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of spaced out where the toppings were there, but they weren't overpowering the rest of the pizza, too. And it was just delicious. Mm -hmm. Uh, We ended up getting, they have a large special, it's a large walk-in and free topping, and it's about like 12, 13 bucks, Mm -hmm. plus taxes and stuff. Um, We polished off the better part of the large between the two of us. Oh yeah, we just kept eating slices, we're like, this is so amazing! And part of it is, yeah, we're fat chicks, we like to eat, but part of it also is it's that thin pizza that you can have another slice and not feel too bad, because Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't fill you up as fast, and you're getting, you're eating it for the toppings at that point. Yeah. 
Oh my god, Eating so good. <laughs> just so good. And the lady who was down there who runs the place when we were there, we've been there a couple of times now. Every time I've been in there, she's just a really nice person. Really friendly, really sweet. Just amazing. Mm. So you get two thumbs up for like really friendly service. Oh, absolutely. Two thumbs up for what is pretty much an Oshawa tradition. Mm-hmm. And two thumbs up for fantastic pizza. Uh, they are only open on the evenings. They don't open till about four thirty-five most days. So this is a dinner and uh, later night yes. place. They're and, open till about ten or eleven. Uh, yeah, they're open till ten, eleven. I believe on the weekends they're open till midnight, but that might have changed. I'm looking at a slightly updated menu. You can always give them a call, and they don't have a website. I'm just gonna toss the phone number out. Yeah. It's a nine zero five five seven six zero four one five. So if you're in the Oshawa area and you want a different local pizza. Give this place a shot. I'm putting this up. This has become the Holy uh, Trilogy. Trilogy. Holy Trilogy. Holy Star Wars Batman. <laughs> the Holy Trinity of pizza for me. It's going to be Go-Go's, Bino's. Actually, it's a quad. I, mm-hmm. Wow. Just leave that in. Let our listeners know how dumb I am. <laughs> it's a Holy Quad now. We've got Go-Go's, Bino's, uh, Pompeii Pizza, and Henry's Pizza. We yeah. have four amazing local mom-and-pop style pizza shops in Oshawa. Mm-hmm. So as convenient as pizza pizza and all the other places can be as decent as the chains are there's no reason to go for a chain pizza if you want to eat local you can totally grab something delicious that's a local mom and pop pizza in oshawa now absolutely and they're at 75 salina street in oshawa yes so the cool thing about this is the pizza is made with love and care so it may take like 15 minutes to make your pizza however 20 to 30 minutes sometimes you can it depends how busy they are you can always use that time very effectively by walking up the street and going to Buster Rhino's and grabbing yourself a pint. Which has happened. And by the time you come back, your pizza will have been lovingly made and ready to go. Yes. Now, they do have a liquor license there, and you can eat can eat in at Pompeii. Mm-hmm. So you can get, like, a Molson or whatever uh, in bottles. But, you know, it's worth the exercise. Two blocks makes you feel like you're that If you want some craft beer, beer yeah. And you can walk up, have a craft beer. If you're not, you don't want to walk so far as Buster's, which, you know, maybe you don't. Thirsty Monk's almost halfway in between. Mm-hmm. You can stop and have a pint of Thirsty Monk. But we really recommend go to Buster's for the, the Ontario beer. Yes. Totally worth it. So Pompeii Pizza, or Pompeii Pizzeria, thank you for pulling us out of the mothballs yeah. and giving us the inspiration we needed to get back in the saddle and start doing this podcast again. Your pizza was so amazing, it shook out the cobwebs and yeah. made us ready to rock. Yeah, it, it cleaned the dust off. It's great. I'm, we're all fired up to do the podcast again and start doing some new stuff coming down the line. So thank you very much. Hopefully we can find you somewhere online in a social media so we can tag you and let you know that you did a really good thing for us. Mm-hmm. So onwards to other things that we've done recently. We also went and crossed an item off of our bucket list. We went and saw Elton Brown live in his uh, inevitable edible tour in Toronto. And it was at the, oh Christ, what's it called now? The Sony Center, formerly known as the Hummingbird Center, formerly known as the formerly known as the O'Keefe Center. If you want to know the whole history of the center, we highly recommend the Beer Makes History Better walking tour in Toronto because they will give you the rundown of the whole place. Yes. Just saying, and they are doing those again this summer, and they are out on some of the, like the Groupon Wag Jag sites. So if you're interested and you're in Toronto or the outside area, really recommend that tour. It's a total blast. Absolutely. Their their tour guides are very knowledgeable, very amazing. But anyways, I digress. So Alton Brown, we've watched him. Uh, Good Eats was our first introduction to him. We saw him as one of the judges on the American Iron Chef. Or the host, actually. That's right. Yeah, he was the host. He was the host. Uh, he did the place of Oda, didn't he? Yes. On Iron Chef? Yeah. And 
And I, now he's got Cutthroat Kitchen, which we're not very familiar with, but apparently everybody in the audience knows him from. Yeah, and he also did Feasting on Asphalt, which is kind of yes. like a travel food show where he was like doing a motorcycle tour of the States. Mm-hmm. Now, I owe a particular debt to Alton Brown because when Sheila and I met, I could kind of cook, but not really. I knew how to do a few things. That was it. And she was really into Good Eats. I'd never seen the show before. She made me sit down and start watching it with her. And it kind of, um, it sparked something in me. It, it was the perfect meshing of food and science because I was kind of a science person mm-hmm. to get me really interested in cooking again. Like I used to be when my grandmother was alive and I used to help her in the kitchen. So I actually learned to cook period, let alone learn to cook what I could already do better. Mm-hmm. And in the past, like, eight or nine years since we've really, more than that, my God, 14 years. Yes. In the past 14 years or so, I've really learned how to cook because of Good Eats and Alton Brown. Mm. He not only describes what you should be doing, but why. And it's, he has amazing recipes. They're easy to do, easy to learn. And there are a couple steps maybe you can cut out of the recipe and it still turns out pretty good. Not I'm recommending that ever, mm. but... Just say it. Sometimes you can cut some corners. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can do stuff without specialized equipment. Yes. With things that you have around the house or inexpensive items from the hardware store that you're able to modify. Which is totally in the spirit of what he does. Because he mm-hmm. recommends that kind of tinkering around and finding your own way and, and, and making things very multitasky. Mm-hmm. That's not a word, but it is now. Like, the only unitasker that's allowed in his kitchen is the fire extinguisher. And actually, during this show, he made the, the fire extinguisher... Do more than just put out fires. Yes, which was But we'll talk about that in a moment. So, huge, we're huge fans of Alton Brown. We've got a bunch of his cookbooks. We've seen every single episode of Good Eats, like all 14 seasons that he did, if not more. We've watched all of Feasting on Asphalt, actually have that cookbook. We've watched some Iron Chef solely because of him, really. Mm -hmm. Have not done any Cutthroat Kitchen yet, but I think we're going to circle back. We're going to check that out. Catch up on that. Yeah. So big fans of the guy. Um, We're super excited when we saw he was coming to Toronto. Went out, uh, got tickets. Sheila actually was in town early that day, so she got one of my cookbooks signed. Yay! Yeah, I was actually in town for work, and uh, I managed to finagle it where I could go over and meet him, and he was doing a flash signing. So the the tour is actually over. However, if he does it again, make sure that you follow him on Twitter, because whenever he does a flash signing, he'll put up a post-it note with the coordinates of where he's doing the flash signing. So you can bring your stuff and just go up there really quick, get a picture taken with him, say hi, Get your stuff signed and then move on. It's very, very quick, but it's very, I think it's worth it. It's cool. I've mm-hmm. got a signed cookbook by one of my culinary heroes. I'm a happy person. So. Yeah. Uh, the show itself was just highly entertaining and way longer than we thought it was going to be. It was like two and a half, close to three hours. I thought it was only going to be like an hour and a half. Yeah. I didn't expect minutes. an intermission, no. to be honest, at no. all. <laughs> so it was, I don't want to spoil anything in case he does it again or he does an encore tour, but there is some musical stuff. Yeah, there's musical numbers, there musical which numbers, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> but were hilarious. Yeah. They were not, like, eye-rolling sarcastic. They were really good. Uh, a couple good diatribes where he really rants on a couple things that bothered him that he couldn't talk about when he was, like, a chef on TV. Yes. Like, chickens don't have fingers. Mm-hmm. That story was amazing. That alone makes the price of admission worth it. Yes. And then he does a cool couple of experiments, one of which is he makes ice cream with a fire extinguisher. Don't try this at home. Yeah, it's one of the CO2 fire extinguishers, not the ABC ones. Yeah, but yeah. it's still freaking cool, my God. Yeah, well, the, the the whole premise of the show was that he was going to do everything he wasn't allowed to do on TV so he could be uh, he could be a little bit more crazy. He could do a little bit more than he should have, demonstrating that people might copy, and he could also say things that the sponsors may not have liked. Exactly. And he also made a kick-ass Easy Bake Oven yes. out of stage lights. 
Yes. <laughs> so I guess he went, when he was a kid, he wanted an Easy Bake Oven. His parents said, no, that's for girls. He ended up trading his cousin, some of his G.I. Joes or something, for her Easy Bake Oven. And he ended up melting it because he wanted to amp it up a little bit, and he put too big of a, a light bulb into it. So his dream was to make a giant Easy Bake Oven someday. And he actually had a drawing he did when he was a kid of a giant Easy Bake Oven. And the one he made, honestly, Looks doesn't look that dissimilar. Pretty much like it, yeah. And they and cook pizzas in, like, what, three minutes on it? Yes. Yeah. Now, usually a pizza at... 475 degrees is going to take at least seven minutes. So you can imagine how hot this thing is. Nuclear. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though. And they called for um, volunteers from the audience, and he got a vegetarian to come up for this one. And he'd... she actually ate meat pizza yeah. on stage. First time in, like, ten years he'd had meat. Well, he'd went to St. Lawrence Market, and he went to Brown Brothers. We yeah. think. We suspect it we was suspect Brown, Brown Brothers. Brothers. It was somewhere in St. Lawrence Market, and he got a female sandwich that had big, thick pieces of female on it that he chopped up and put on the pizza. Again, I suspect it was Brown Brothers, but I could be wrong. And I just have to say, had we been the volunteers, and he asked, well, what was the last recipe you used when you made pizza? I honestly couldn't say. Actually, yours, Alton. Because yes. my regular go-to recipe is his grilling recipe for pizza. Yeah, which the he one has... that has the uh, malt extract in it, Yeah, and you cook it on the grill. Yeah, hands down my favorite pizza dough to do. If you haven't tried it out and you like to grill stuff, we'll put a link up to it. I highly recommend this recipe. It turns out mm -hmm. perfect every time. It makes pizza that is to die for on the grill. Yes. And once you do his couple of basic pizza styles for the toppings that he has out there, you can kind of riff off of those, and you can do all kinds of neat combinations. Yeah, you can definitely branch out and start doing your own thing. Try different combinations yeah. of toppings. It's great. But the uh, prosciutto and... Um, prosciutto and fig? Fig. That's like the Cadillac. Or sorry, prosciutto and date. Prosciutto and date, yes. It's like the Cadillac of uh, bacon and pineapple pizza. Mm -hmm. It's pretty awesome. Or ham and pineapple pizza. It's the Cadillac version of that. Yeah. Really awesome. It's the, it's the gold star Hawaiian pizza. Yes. So if he goes on tour again, check it out. Totally worth the price of admission. Now, because we were in Toronto, and we were, we were going to go see a nice food-oriented show, we needed to go out for something delicious before we went to the show. We totally pre-planned this. Oh, we're yeah. like, okay, do some research, what are we going to do? It was 48 hours of us web-searching to find the perfect place to go to put us in the right mood for the show. Mm -hmm. And we decided tacos were the only way to go. Absolutely. And not, like, going to, like, Chipotle or Mucho Burrito or Taco Bell. We wanted, like, real good tacos. So we went to El Caballito. Yes. It's uh, on King West. And it's down from uh, Big Daddy's. Yes. It's just a couple doors down. It's at the St. Andrew's Metro stop. Yes. Not called the Metro in Toronto. The um, subway. The St. Andrew's TTC stop. TTC. Yeah. Sorry. Subway stop, yeah. My American showing. The okay. first subway I ever rode as a kid was the DC Metro, so to me everything's called sense. the Metro. Well, and on Google Maps, it has the little, little M's, M's yes. for the stops. So, so Google is <laughs> reinforcing that. Yeah, it's not entirely your fault. It's Google's fault now. So, so it's a taco and tequila bar. For a tequila bar, they've got about a dozen tequilas on their menu, which I'm spoiled by the idea of whiskey bars and everything. I expect, you know, 40, 50 on a menu. <laughs> Different kinds. I, and I have to kind of scale that back. A dozen tequilas is actually a pretty darn good selection. Yeah. So keep that in mind when you go in. They they still have a good selection. It's just not what you expect from whiskey varieties. I'm not sure when it comes to tequila variety if we really have that much to choose from in North America, too. Well, from uh, Canada, anyways. I mean, I yeah. imagine, like, the southern states probably have more. But you get those get smaller here. ones. And then, obviously, if you go to Mexico, then you're getting it right from the source. And there's tequila places are like vineyards. Yeah. Where they each have their own styles yeah. and... Uh, Depending on the terroir of the place, different provinces and uh, yeah. townships are known for different types. 
but we're a little more limited up in Canada because bars really should be going through the LCBO for their selection. So not as much variety. So having a dozen tequilas at a place is actually pretty gosh darn amazing. Yeah. That's the most tequila I've seen any place in, in uh, Canada, period. Mm-hmm. The only place I've been to so far that's exceeded that was actually in all places at Epcot Center down in Disney. Yeah. At the Mexican Pavilion. Because they had a list of like, what, 15, 20? Oh, they had over 20. Yeah. Yeah. So um, decent tequila se- selection. They do like tequila and soda. It's a very small menu. They subscribe to the philosophy of just do a few things, but do them really well. And mm-hmm. they do. Uh, they have guacamole. They have ceviche. They have some salsa. They have just tacos and then some churros for dessert. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's a very stripped-down menu. When we were there, their menu had a, a prefix that you could order, like, almost like a variety platter of tacos, and you can get, like, a dip and a dessert with it. They have since changed the menu now, and we were just there a month ago. So mm-hmm. it looks like they rotate their menu on a regular basis. Even some of the tacos that we had that day I don't think are on the menu anymore. Yeah. So keep that in mind, too. Because you said they're now they're doing a special, like, a six-pack of tacos or something? Yeah, it's like a six-pack of tacos for either $24 or $32, depending on what you order. Now, the tacos are not your Taco Bell-style tacos. You're not getting ground meat with some toppings and that's it. You're getting really nice quality meats or fish or something vegetarian with a ton of toppings on it. And it comes on the soft tortilla shells. Yeah, the little round... They're like, what, six inches in diameter? Yeah, if that. Yeah. If that. And they're they're corn tortillas. They're not wheat tortillas, uh, which may make a difference depending on your dietary needs. And these things are explosively filled. Yeah. Like, you can barely pinch them shut kind of thing and get them to your face before they start falling apart. (laughs) See, we ordered ceviche. Mm -hmm. We had the ceviche, and we uh, we had two tacos each, and then that was it. Yeah. And we had a pint, and we had, um, I had some tequila. Yeah. And they have all Mexican beers on tap. I don't think they have any Canadian ones, do they? No. It was all Mexican, because yeah. I, I, my New Year's resolution late in the game was I want to drink only Ontario beer whenever possible. I've slipped up a few times. This was one of the times I slipped up because there was only Mexican beer available. Mm-hmm. But if there's a time to slip up, that's the place to do it. Yeah. Three times now. I had a Crony the other day. Another taco place in Niagara Falls, I had Mexican beer. Actually, no, that was... Um, we had Buzz Beer. That was Buzz that's Beer. That's Ontario. Yeah. And then I had um, a Stella out. So the Stella was a second slip-up, and then this place was my, my first slip-up. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm doing pretty good, though. Sticking to the Ontario stuff. It's hard. It's a sacrifice, but I can do it. <laughs> Most unfortunate. Oh, yes. Price-wise, plan for, even if you have a pint, plan for about 30 to $35 a person, I'd say, just because of the alcohol prices and you're in Toronto. The mm-hmm. tacos average out to about 5 bucks a piece. Yeah. They are worth $5 a piece. Yeah. They have some really, really nice ingredients with different combinations that you wouldn't necessarily think of. They're like, they're gourmet tacos. Yeah. You know? They're filling. I mean, we were both actually fairly full on two tacos with an appetizer. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind, too. Three tacos, if you don't have an appetizer, you're going to be full if you have a normal appetite. If you're a ravenous human being, obviously you might want some more. Mm -hmm. It's just up to you. And also plan for reservations. Very small establishment. They seat maybe 50 people in the place. We walked in. We ended up having to stand at a table by the bar. So if you have your heart set on hitting this place for um, tacos, so they're an evening-only place. They don't do lunches, by the way. Mm-hmm. You do want to make a reservation just so you can have some space to sit. Or if you have, like, a table larger than four, really want to make reservations. Yeah, definitely. But I would give them two thumbs up. I don't know if I'd go back for a full meal again. I would want to go back there when we're doing some kind of sampling thing where we're just hitting a bunch of different places and getting a bite here and a bite there. Yeah, if you were doing, like, a uh, sampling-slash-bar crawl, yeah. it would be a perfect place to hit up. Exactly. Or... I would love to do a meal, but I... We, our time in Toronto is so precious mm-hmm. that now that we've been there once, I would go back just to get a quick bite and then go someplace else. Yeah. They, I don't know if they're still doing it, but at the time they had this, uh, 
promotion going on called uh, Hashtag Midnight Taco, where at midnight they had a special price for tacos. Yeah. So the late, late bar crowd. So maybe stop in, get one more drink, get some tacos <laughs> on the way home, just to kind of even things out. and uh, Or on the way to your late night, whatever, yeah. so you can make it till 2, 3 in the morning. True, yeah. Uh, hit them up on social media so you can find out what they're doing, what the promotions are. They seem like a place that uh, switches it up regularly and keeps it fresh, which mm-hmm. is absolutely admirable. And in Toronto, kind of a must. Yes. You have to adapt constantly in a large metropolitan area, or you just can't keep up. Yeah. So... Really liked the place. I, we did actually hit Big Daddy's beforehand, though, for a quick snack. We did get some oysters, which mm-hmm. were amazing, as always. Yes. Big Daddy's, one of our favorite places in Toronto to eat. So that trip to Toronto between El Cabalito, Big Daddy's, the Alton Brown Show was fabulous. Yes, indeed. So the next thing we wanted to talk about was the state of craft beer in Ontario. Wow, things have changed. That's good. In retrospect... We've been doing this for, at this point, almost 100 episodes. We've been doing this since 2009. Mm-hmm. And so much has changed since then when it comes to craft beer. Yeah. There are so many more local places. Yeah. Like, weren't there before. Obviously, we big shout out to Busters for hosting the craft beer festival, the Durham Craft Beer Festival, which is happening again. Get your tickets. And we're going to um, go in depth into the last two because we never actually recorded those last year. Right. Yeah. So we're going to definitely talk about that in a minute. But uh, we've got... So let's see, Five Paddles we talked about before, I believe, is opened in Whitby. We, yeah, we've mentioned Five we'll Paddles. Mention them. And just so people can kind of like see where we are, we live in Oshawa, so we're in the heart of Durham region. Mm-hmm. When we moved here, and we moved here in 2010, we were in Aurelia in 2009. In 2010, the closest craft brewery to us was, I think, Amsterdam Brewing. Yeah, Amsterdam or Mill Street which in is Toronto. all the way in Toronto, yeah. or Kingston Brewing Company all the way out in Kingston. Right. This was a craft beer desert at the time. Yeah. So in the space of six years, we now have Five Paddles. Yep, Five Paddles in Whitby. There's now Brock Street Brewery. Please check them out. In Whitby, too. In Whitby, as well. There's Old Flame up in uh, Port Perry. Port Perry. Underdog. Yeah, I don't know where they're actually out of, but they're Durham uh, region. Well, too. Underdog is in Oshawa, but they don't have a place where you can go. They just make, make their beer and they sell it. If you want to drink some of their stuff, they're usually on tap at Trinity in uh, Whitby. Yeah, and sometimes they're on tap at Buster's too. Yeah. Oh my God, there's more we're there's, missing. There's Man Antler. Um, Man Antler is, I think, also in either Oshawa or Pickering. But again, you can't really go there. You can get their stuff at Buster's. Uh, there's that Durham practically one. Irish. Oh yeah. Those guys too. They do some really good stuff. Yeah. They're out of, uh, they get sold to busters and some of the other local places. Uh, but there's also the one that has like the old Durham ale or whatever it is. Remember they have it on, in bottles. At, yeah. Um, Bistro 67. It's like the old Durham brewing company or something. something I'll put like a link that. in the description. Yeah. So we're already up to over five breweries in six years. We've had that many craft breweries pop up. And from what I can see, they are all super busy. Yeah. They are all just banging with business. Yeah. In Peterborough, too, there's a couple uh, brew pubs up in that area. Yes. And I think there's a brewery up there now, too. There's something up in Peterborough now. We'll look yeah. it up. We'll look it up, and we'll put it in the yeah. description as well. So just in our little area before, we used to have to drive over an hour to get good craft beer. We have it swirling around us. Mm-hmm. Back in the beginning of the podcast, if you've gone back and listened to the first 20 episodes, you'll remember us talking about Flying Monkeys, which used to be Robert Simpson Brewing Company. And it was so exciting for us because we got to go to a craft brewery. Mm-hmm. I had never been to a brewery period before. That was like a first for me. I think it was a first or second for you to go to a real brewery. Yeah. 
and it was a craft brewery in our backyard, and we were just tickled pink. And like, they're still this... going strong in Barrie, yeah. too, by the way. So if you're oh, in yeah. that area of the woods, definitely go and check their brewery out. They're almost like poster children for the craft uh, beer scene mm-hmm. in Ontario. They're really doing well. But that was the first, and I had did not have high hopes for this area to have anything similar to that. And now we're just crazy with it. I did, but I'm an idealistic pie-in-the-sky kind of person. Especially where beer is concerned. Yes. So... That and alone. Oh, go ahead. Unlike the cigar boom, I don't see this ever popping, really. No. It's going to keep on going because there's always... Well, the, for one, the craft beer folks, they play nice together. They always they are always trying to help each other out. If you run out of a certain type of grain, you can usually call one of the other brewers and they'll help you out. They try they to promote sessions. each other. They jam. They do collaborations. Yeah. It's not... It's not really a competitive. It's there's there's enough for all of us to go around because people are thirsty for great beer in yeah. this area. And it's also with craft beer, it's very much um, a fleeting moment. Mm-hmm. The, everybody, or rather every brewery, has their regular beers that they do for their customer base. But then they do all these different one-offs. And to me, that's what makes um, craft beer awesome, mm-hmm. is the fact that you can go out and you can have a beer that's only going to be here for a couple months, and they may never make that again. And if they make it again, it won't quite be the same anyway. Yeah, because the, the ingredients may be slightly different depending on the weather patterns. Or they decide to change the recipe, or they do something else with it. So mm-hmm. I love having those brief moments of beer that I can try, and I know I'm never going to have them again, but I get to have that experience. Yeah, it's almost like a flavor mandala. Yeah. Where it's... It's meant to be enjoyed at this one split second, and then it's gone. It's go- and, you and then you have the, the memory. memory of it. That is a perfect way of putting it. That's awesome. But that's exactly what it is. It's a flavor mandala. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the brewers have caught on to that, which is why they're willing to collaborate so much, because they know what they do and what the dude uh, 10 miles down the road does are two totally different things, and they're both going to attract customers because of it. Because beer drinkers, or rather craft beer drinkers, appreciate the variety mm-hmm. of what's out there. So... So it completely makes sense to make sure that you're friendly with the other folks. Yes. And I'm over the moon because of this, that this is in our area. We can get all kinds of great stuff right from the brewery now. Mm -hmm. Just fantastic to live here because of it. And Buster Rhinos, which we've been pimping this place for I don't know how many years because it is that (laughs) good. I mean, the the food alone is amazing going down for. Mm -hmm. You don't, it's like. Rib fest every day down there. You don't have to go stand in line and be hot and sweaty and deal with mosquitoes and rude people jostling you and spilling your beer. It's awesome. But they have become the hub for craft beer in the area. Mm-hmm. Every day you go down there, there's going to be a bunch of different beers on tap. They will rotate. You can go down the next week, and there's going to be something different there. They've started getting beer in from Bellwoods on a regular basis. Yes. So you don't have to go all the way into Toronto before you used to have to go to Bellwoods to try their stuff. Bellwoods is, again... One of my, like, pinnacles of craft beer. They always do some amazing, crazy stuff. Yeah. And it's very fleeting. And the, the new um, Buster Rhino's uh, outpost is in Toronto, right by Bellwoods. The newest restaurant, So that's yeah. why he's able to bring in some stuff from Bellwoods, uh, because his newest location. So there's the one in Toronto, there's the one in North Oshawa, the one downtown Oshawa, and the one in Whitby. So... Lots of options. Mm-hmm. It, it's just fabulous to have that much beer around here and be able to get it at a single single location on a regular basis. They do flights, which I love the idea of a beer flight. Yes. You pay one price, you get to try three different beers, you get to sample a little bit of everything. Something on that paddle you're going to like. Yeah. One of those beers is going to be to your taste. That's what you order for your second pint. It's a really great idea. I've seen more places being open to that concept. Old mm-hmm. Flame, you yeah. go to Old Flame, you can get a, a flight as well of what they have at their brewery. Mm-hmm. Which, we did go to Old Flame about a month ago. Yeah. 
just kind of hanging out, thought we'd grab a couple of drinks at the brewery, doing some other errands in the Port Perry area. And they do a really nice charcuterie plate. Yes. And uh, also, they do have, like, different jam sessions, too. It's, there's a Celtic jam session, a country one, and a bluegrass one, I think? I think so. And then I That think may change, yeah. you know. Or there's, like, a general, like, rock kind of jam session. But it rotates throughout the month. So it's a happening place. If you're yeah. in Port Perry, check it out. Or if you're up there for the afternoon, it's a nice place to stop, have a snack, have a great beer, check out some of the local um, talent and everything. Mm-hmm. Really cool, which I love that idea for a brewery, too. We're not going to go full-blown, like, brew restaurant. Right. We're going to do this with some nice entertainment. I have to awesome say, idea. just the same with uh, Bellwoods when they first opened. There's something to be said for a brewery that does food that doesn't have fryers. Yeah. God knows I love wings and fries as much as the next person. They are near and dear to my heart. But you get so much, such, you get such more interesting things when you strip it down and keep it to basics. I love the charcuterie, uh, like different meat trays, the cheese, cheese trays, yeah. different breads and honey butters or brew butters. Yeah. Well, chances are too when you go with the charcuterie plates, you're usually getting some more local um, meats as well on it because mm-hmm. you're gonna have to go to a decent butcher in the area to get good dried meat. Mm-hmm. So that is obviously to our palate anyway, because we're, you know, kind of slutty for local food. Yeah. So that alone is like, yay, local meat and local beer, and I'm so happy, and there's good music. I don't want everyone to leave here, but I have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Call a taxi. <laughs> so um, besides that Buster's is this amazing nexus of craft beer, last year, uh, in the summer and the fall, they did two craft beer festivals in downtown Oshawa, and they were epic. Just epic. So the first one was in July, July and then the second one was it, more ciders and was in September. It, it had a cider theme, but there was still a lot of beer there. Mm-hmm. Both times, there's two ways for admission. You can either buy regular tickets or you can buy VIP tickets. The differences are the VIP tickets obviously cost more. You get more tokens with it. You get 25 beer tokens. Yeah, and I just have to throw this out here uh, while we're talking about it because... To me, I'm old enough now that I'm totally willing to She's spend... She's so old. I'm willing to spend more money to have a nicer experience. Well, the high point of the Buster's VIP tickets is not just you get more tokens, because you could pay for those anyway. It's not that you get lunch, because you could buy lunch anyway. And the lunch, the food is always amazing there, but it's that you get in early. They yeah. do an hour early admission for VIP ticket holders. So you get to get in and try the stuff that you're absolutely hardcore. That's what I'm here for before the crowds get really thick. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get to stake out your territory, too, at a table or something, which is kind of nice. Exactly. Plus, I love the idea, again, of like almost like the all-inclusive, because when you get the VIP, uh, you get lunch included, you get 25 tokens, and they're doing this year you water, get water as well. It. Yeah, which is nice. So this year it's actually going to be on Saturday, July the 11th. Yes. And a bonus is the staff is just so goddamn nice. Yeah. You go down there, everybody who who they've hired for the beer festival is just so nice, so friendly. And the crowd, it rubbed off on the crowd. Mm -hmm. Both times last year, there wasn't a jerk in the crowd. No. And we're usually jerk magnets. Well, when you have that many people in that small of an area, because it's basically... With with that much alcohol. It's Ontario Street, so it's this little, like, what? Streetlet. It's like a yeah. connector street. It's like an yeah, alley. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an alleyway, basically, it's a that's big alley. enough that you can drive two cars uh, beside each other. Um, and it's, like, what, half a block yeah. long? it's a very or small like block. Or, like, a quarter block? It's very, very small. Like, maybe, like, what, would you say, like, 200 feet? Oh, more than that. It's about, about 100 yards. 100 yards? 100 yards, yeah, maybe. So you have a 100-yard 
fenced-in area with lots and lots of alcohol, you could definitely have jerks in there. But everybody's usually so really chill and cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So that was really nice that the crowd kind of kept that attitude when they came in. Everybody They're just was happy chill. to be there. And it wasn't a one-off. It was both festivals we went to were amazing. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to the third festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say it's the high point of our year, but it is definitely it's one of the high points of our year. Yeah. We really look forward to it. Anybody who's coming down, you see us, you see, you know, two fat lesbians walking around, and you know the podcast, come up and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. Love to meet you. But we really recommend checking it out. If you don't want to do the VIP tickets, no worries. Get a regular ticket. Yeah. Come in at the regular time. Get some tokens with it. Pick up some extra tokens. It's usually a dollar a token, I think. Or yep. Two dollars so a token. It's like $25, I think, for regular admission, and you get five tokens. You get a little sampler glass. And uh, the tokens, I think, are a dollar a piece. And most of the samples don't, are one token. Don't quote us on the token price. Yeah. It's either a dollar or two dollars. I forget. I can't Honestly, remember. It might be honest. two dollars. But still, totally worth it. You get to try a little bit of everything that's out there. You get to, if you use Untapped, the little social media thing lets you track your beer and post to Facebook. You'll get the message from Untapped saying they hope you're sampling because you've had 12 today. Yes. Which is kind of cool to get to. But definitely worth it. So I think we've hit everything we really wanted to talk about. The state of craft beer in Ontario, which is just awesome now. And it's yeah. really exploded over the past year or two. We've hit the amazing taco and tequila place. We've had two episodes now that we've talked about tacos and tequila. Yes. I think we're going to have to move away from the Mexican food for a while. Talked about Alton Brown. Talked about Pompeii and how they inspired us to get back into this. We're definitely back, as you can tell. This is the second episode we've put up in, like, three weeks. Yep. The 100th episode will be coming out three weeks after this one. We're going to try to stay to a three-week production schedule. I think we can handle that with all the other life things going on. Mm-hmm. We do have a trip planned back to Florida in June. I think we're going to be able to do some really cool episodes about Florida, too. We're yeah. We're looking forward to that. And I think we've decided we're going to give doing some YouTube stuff a shot. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for some YouTube information. Hit us up on Facebook. We have a regular Facebook page now. It's Five Fat Chicks. Come like us. You'll be able to see some cool articles we find about food online. We put those up. You'll be able to see pictures from some of the stuff we're checking out. We are those hipster douches that take pictures of our food. Yep. But we do it for the podcast. We're not just doing it to put it up on Instagram. Yeah. But you'll be able to see that information about our episodes, anything else that, from a food perspective that strikes us as interesting that we want to pass on to you. Check it out on Facebook so you can keep that uh, in your feed as well. Sounds good. This is Tracy. And this is Sheila. And we are Zvifat Chicks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this Zvifat Chicks podcast. Please add us as a friend on Facebook and or follow us on Twitter. You can email your comments, questions, or suggestions to zvifatchicks at gmail.com. That's Z-W-E-I-F-A-T-C-H-I-C-K-S at gmail.com. Our theme music is Hot Swing by Kevin MacLeod. Our podcasts, like Mr. MacLeod's music, are protected under a Creative Commons attribute copyright. You can make copies of our shows and share them with friends. Please make sure that credit is given. Thanks for listening and have a great day.